0: Hi there, it's Guinevere Lee. I am visiting bookstores around Southern Ontario to promote my Bronze Age historical fantasy novels. Orope the White Snake and Picari the Azure Fish. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to learn more about that ongoing series. On Saturday, October 30th, 11am-5pm, to 5 p.m., we will be at Indigo Burlington Centre at Guelph Line and Queen Elizabeth Way. Come on down to learn about my novels, or to just chat about The Lord of the Rings. See you then. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to Ripple the only Lord of the Rings podcast whose Amazon Prime subscription ends this week. <laughs> Their free subscription ends this I'm
1: going to go And I am no so
0: <laughs> and I'm not sure if we're gonna renew. <laughs> so let's get into it. We just watched episode six. I want to mm-hmm. say of season one of Amazon Prime Videos: The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Mm. It was a market improvement on the last episode. Yeah, but
1: n- not not difficult, but not yes.
0: difficult at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have much more action
0: today. Yeah, but. Not as much as I was actually anticipated. I thought it was just going to be like an hour of non-stop action, but there was quite a lot of build-up. Yeah. Which was unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah, we, we got a little bit of action. Some of it was decent. You know, just to, to start with the good stuff, it was almost clever. <laughs> they foreshadowed that they were going to bring the tower down. But uh, I still didn't expect them to actually abandon the fort, and I yeah. thought that part was smart.
1: For once.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the the part where they lost me was then when they decided to turn back to the village instead of continuing on. Yeah, but like, come on. You go, guys, you're at the border, just leave.
1: You do the most difficult, there's a boy, the orc attack in the fort, <laughs> and you go the only place that is... Uh, oh, oh, that's obvious. They're gonna look for you there.
0: I mean, they gave up the fortified position for an unfortified one. To do
1: the th- th- that is well known because, like, they are obviously gonna go to the village. Yeah. What else?
0: <laughs> ah, it, it was a choice. Anyway, we're talking about the good things.
1: Hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you like about the episode? <laughs>
1: Uh, I like when they, when they, like, um, they disguise the humans as an orcs. That caused me, like, a like, a by surprise.
0: Was it a disguise, or were they just wearing the only armor available to them?
1: But I think they were disguised, because, like, the... I
0: suppose. The, the
1: face was covered.
0: They had their visors on. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. I think that was clever, and kind of just a little bit of, uh... Like, you know, it was not just the the expected things.
0: Yeah, I felt like it it didn't really change too much. They, they kind of reacted to it like it was a bigger deal than it was in reality. Because it's like, yeah, but you know they went over to the enemy. Now, we weren't sure what happened to the people. And in fact, even at the beginning of this episode, where it's just Waldrick among the orcs, I'm like... Don't tell me Waldrug's the only one they kept. I, the
1: the, the survived. <laughs> that guy, that's the guy want? I, I, I thought the same. Especially his face was like,
0: ooh, wow. he's <laughs> looking around at all these orcs like, oh fuck, mm. did I make a mistake? Yes. <laughs> it didn't feel like a great big revelation. That's what I mean. Like, it was like almost clever. They were they were really close to you know, blowing my mind, but it just, it, it seemed to just fall a, a little short.
1: I guess the thing was not as much as they betray them to, to go to the enemy, but the fact that they killed themselves with their own hands is kind of like, a, what it is, you know.
0: Yeah, but it just felt like that's not how they really played it. You know, we didn't know any of the faces that they uncovered. If we had recognized one of those people, and if they they had said a name and just been like, oh, my brother, or whatever, like, to give us any kind of connection. But the way they played it was just a, like, shock, these are not orcs, these are humans! And that felt a little strange to me. That felt a little forced. Do you know what I mean? Like, I felt like they kind of played it wrong. They should have focused on their relationship with these people. We should have, like, if one of them had been Rowan, you know, <laughs> a face that we actually recognize, it would have had a little bit more impact, no?
1: Uh, th- to me, me when, when I saw them, like, uh, obviously, I know that that humans, they're not going to but you don't expect, well, like, uh, no expected. But right, but
0: I'm saying they didn't, like, react in any kind of, like, emotional... Like there was no relationship displayed. Oh, no, no,
1: other than... Defo- that's what I'm saying. That it defo- felt like a village I guess, yes.
0: So, I feel like they should have actually... If they wanted it to have a bigger impact, they should have actually established who these people were.
1: Yeah, there was like a... Or
0: at least had the characters reacting by, like, calling out their names or whatever yeah. and just, like, acknowledge the fact that, that these are their neighbors. But that's not how they played it.
1: Yeah, like they they just have a unnamed the human. That yes.
0: So, I it just felt like it was just a little short for me.
1: Hmm. And then the well the the competent orcs attacks.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know, again, makes sense. It's that's what you want to do. You want to like split the arm like, like hold the reserves back, like it there were some like smart battle tactics going on here uh even if it didn't really like, give me the emotional punch that i wanted like yeah i mean it was you know i'll I give it like a a b plus <laughs> for overall battle scene i liked that you know even though they fell back to the village which felt
1: Know, that, very that, silly to me. Yeah.
0: I, I do like how they still you know set up fire traps and they, they at least like <laughs> thought it out. like both sides of the battle were showing competency. So I appreciate that.
1: But in general like uh, all of these villagers they're like way too skilled for what they expect from them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know like some of them we've kind of set up like, you know, the hunter guy, okay, yeah. that, that that's a guy who would be good with a bow and arrow and, y- you know, generally speaking, these people would be more knowledgeable with weapons than you and I would.
1: <laughs> it, I, <laughs> I, I always assume that the people in the rules, they're actually hunters, so mm-hmm. like okay, it's why you like have like the the, the bow, but the rest they have a spear. They know to use it like you and me.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. A lot of these people are picking up those weapons for the first time. Yeah,
1: all of these people should be like a slatter immediately.
0: Kind of, kind of to go back to the point I was making in the last episode when, uh, when Galadriel's teaching mm-hmm. the men of Numenor how to fight orcs, and my comment was, you know. Generally speaking, orcs don't seem to pose that big of a problem unless they're in on mass. And here in this episode we have the same thing. We have characters who don't really know how to fight easily killing orcs and and just to like rub some salt into the wound. All that bullshit that Galadriel was going on <laughs> during that whole fight teaching sequence that made no sense it was completely forgotten in this. Every fighter was shown planting their feet, the exact thing Galadriel said not to do, (laughs) and just using brute force to take out the orcs, again, what Galadriel said not to do. Also, all the Numenoreans were on horseback. So, yes. why is she talking about footwork anyway? You were training the cavalry. <laughs> it's a completely different fi- fighting style on horseback. like. Well, I mean,
1: maybe Galadriel assumed that only ten, 10 horses feeding every boat. So,
0: he just didn't expect that. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on that stupidity too much, but I couldn't help but notice, like, Alright, you're gonna have Galadriel spouting all of this battle nonsense, and then you yourselves, writers, are not even going to take it into account during the battle scene in the very next episode. <laughs> uh, like, that scene was so fucking pointless. It just angers me. I'm still angry.
1: It. it was like...
0: I can't stop talking about it.
1: You can, you can stop yourself. I can
0: stop fighting. <laughs> uh... Anyway, we're just we're talking about what we
1: liked. <laughs> yeah, like the the dancing. scene. All right, are we
0: skipping to the end?
1: Well, I, I guess like a.
0: Let's skip to the end.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the, the the rest is a little failure. I mean, I mean, we we will talk more in the more uh, in detail, I like know, a, like a.
0: I don't wanna. I I don't wanna like lose my mind again, because I yeah this episode was much better yes. than the previous one. There was a lot of entertaining moments. It's but
1: that, yeah, it's because when you have action, even do you have, like, a bullshit, like, okay, but did you say action scene, and that is, you know, that is always yeah. nice. Even. Oh,
0: okay. Here's the thing that I liked. Um, <laughs> So, Bronwyn and a Rondeer. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, I how many times have I said that I'm, like, not interested in this Starcross love story? And to a certain extent, I'm not that interested in it, but I got to give kudos to the actors. They've got some serious chemistry going on. Like from the very first episode, it was quite clear why they cast these two in the role. (laughs) And I I can't deny that when they're on screen, I just want to get them to mush their faces together (laughs) 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 because it's so palpable and finally, we got them to kiss in a in a yeah. scene that was, like, over-the-top metaphors of them talking about planting gardens and, like, take these seeds mm. for me, like... That, this is a tradition we make before <laughs> battles,
1: like, wow, well, I know something that this tradition made before battles. We need
0: to make life before, <laughs> before death. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was very heavy-handed in the metaphor, <laughs> but... Uh, overall, uh, a satisfying scene. Yes. I, I, I enjoyed that. So, yeah. That was my highlight of the episode. Now, let's go to Mount Doom and the things that I hate.
1: <laughs> so, you have that mechanism in the dam.
0: Well, can we go back a step further? Because... So the whole like during the battle scene, a hides the hilt of the sword, and then Theo gives yes. it up. I mean, I first of all, you hid it in the fucking tavern. Like I thought he was gonna go out in the forest and hide it. Anyway, that's not Where, the yeah. point. So, you know, we see outside. He like he he's like, hey Waldric, I got something for you to do. Wink, wink, and then he takes off, supposedly with the hilt all wrapped up they get the hilt back kind of but nobody checks it nobody unwraps the thing to look at the 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 thing that they know <laughs> it's dire consequences <laughs> if the enemy gets their hands on it and they don't even fucking check that it's inside until the end of the episode
1: and also he just to to feel like a
0: well You you will decide what to do with it. No! I know you're trying to get in good graces with the mom, and you're trying to (laughs) adopt Theo as your own son, but you do not give a 15-year-old a deadly heirloom of the enemy and tell him to choose. Especially
1: when she told you that, like, uh, he feel powerful with it.
0: (laughs) Anyway, okay, so exactly what I said was going to happen happened. It was... They used the sword to ignite Mount Doom. Uh, and the way I envisioned it was much cooler, involving a human sacrifice, but no. Yeah, the, but what's uh, about that person? Like, uh... No, the sword was literally a key. Literally a key. And not only was it literally a key, <laughs> but it just so happened that the lock was right there in the tower. Right where, the, again, lazy fucking Rainy. And I just that increasingly
1: complicated mechanism
0: how old was that thing that
1: obviously only elves technically should have the technology to do it so i don't know what is and it there. only
0: works if you have all those caves dug so without yeah. like adar digging all that stuff it wouldn't even work like what was the point of this mechanism before the caves
1: and addition do you make this okay amazing mechanism let's assume okay is there is there so The point is, open the dam, take the water to Mondoom. It is a one-time use.
0: Yeah. So why do you need a mechanism? Destroy the dam. And why do you need a a sword of power as the key? It just seems so over the top. Like, why not just have a key? Like, what is this nonsense with it eating your blood and, like... (laughs) This is not a sword, it's a power. No, it's a fucking key. (laughs) At least you're going to close again and
1: use it in the future. (laughs) But this is a one-time use of destroy (laughs) the dam. (laughs)
0: You know what, I will say that this weird sword key is an improvement from the Star Wars sword I, key. Yes. <laughs> which, that takes the cake for the most Oof, yeah. useless and insane key ever created. Especially because you don't
1: have a, a place to put yourself to use that key. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you got to imagine she was standing on every single spot of the coastline nope. holding up nope. step to the right no nope, nope. step to the right <laughs> no <nope. laughs> Anyway, this is not a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. Uh yeah, so the whole setup was a little mm, yeah. But you can almost forgive it like it was you know, visually, it, it did kind of look cool to have, yes, you know, I mean, the, the dam breaking. I actually thought it was just going to flood the valley, but whatever. <laughs> um, here Here's where we get to the annoying parts. So the whole point of this mechanism is that it's dumping water into the lava, therefore creating a pressure change and creating a massive explosion. The problem with this... Is that it was already open to the air so just digging the the caves and opening that pressure pocket would have actually caused the eruption so the fact that (laughs) there was an opening to this chamber of lava I'm I mean I have to, to I'm sure there's some geologist we, yeah. online right now Writing an essay about this episode But I'm pretty sure from a, a, a geological standpoint This would not work
1: uh, I would still the same But I want to reserve I, I want to make yeah, a, well, a, a little research, And we'll talk in the next episode we'll,
0: we'll, we'll get you some science on it But I'll give you some science right now <laughs> <laughs> because what they were showing us was a pyroclastic Oh blast. yeah,
1: that, that is <laughs> and, full nonsense.
0: And uh, this, of course, famously Pompeii, that was a pyroclastic mm. blast. Um, Mount St. Helen, more recently, that was a pyroclastic blast, if you want to look at pictures. I, I, I can't tell you how hot it is, but it is literally, it's so hot that the skulls of people found... Herculaneum which was next to Pompeii their their brains boiled and their skulls exploded
1: for just the water that was inside the school yeah
0: because that's that's the kind of heat that wall of heat it, nothing nothing could survive that not human not elf not horse <laughs>
1: especially not horse any
0: anybody in that village is dead right now
1: Unless you have amazing alpha skills.
0: Also, I gotta like... We gotta get that map out and do some more measurements. Because Mount Doom...
1: <clears throat> no. Is I mean...
0: pretty far north. And we're kind of... I thought we were more south, actually. But we're kind of like in the middle west of Mordor. But I think
1: we're still having a Mount Fuji situation here.
0: I think it's a little bit too <laughs> far... And I'm not sure how far pyroclastic blasts go, but you know what? Maybe it's the power of the mountain. I I could give them the benefit of the doubt on that on the distance, I, but
1: but not. But when I was seeing maps from the last episode, I think it's gonna be 100 or less.
0: You think 100 or less?
1: I say Mount Fuji because the the <laughs> joke that we always make that all of the Japanese movies Mount yeah. Fuji appear. Like a 50k away of Tokyo, always.
0: Actually, there was a great uh, establishing shot, like, near nearer to the beginning of the episode, where you saw the mountain, yeah. and I think that was the first time that we actually saw Mount Doom in a, a wide shot, or at least it was the first time that I saw, like, a single mountain, and that's why I nudged you. And no, I, was I, like, I
1: mean, definitely they save it for that yeah, episode. Yeah, they, they set too. it up.
0: Yeah. So we could actually kind of see, and yeah, it very much Mount Fuji in the background <laughs> of Tokyo, like, By the way, if you go to Tokyo, Mount Fuji is not that close.
1: (laughs) I mean, this is the joke. (laughs) I mean, unless you are like very lucky with the weather, normally you don't be able to see.
0: Yeah, you'd have to be like up in one of the observation decks of a skyscraper and it would have to be a perfectly clear day. And even then it's tiny. Yes. (laughs) Because it's very far away. So far away. (laughs) And I think we're talking about a comparable distance. Uh, Between Tokyo and Mount Fuji? I
1: think, I think Tokyo Mount Fuji is farther. That uh, that this situation that m- one of them. I think like a Mount Fuji from Tokyo is it's like a two hundred kls.
0: Uh it's a it's a little over one hundred kilometers. Okay, so it was a
1: little farther, right?
0: the the train line is one hundred and thirty k, so it's got to be slightly shorter mm-hmm. than that. Let's round it down and say it's one fifteen. So we're talking about a fairly comparable distance. And by the way, Mount Fuji is a volcano, and it has erupted, and uh, not once was Tokyo enveloped (laughs) by (laughs) Mount Fuji. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, like I said, it's Mount Doom, it's the volcano to end all the volcanoes, all except that it has the power to reach that distance. But if it has the power to reach that distance, then definitely everyone in that village has been vaporized. Because in
1: addition, you don't see a kind of like a discreet, you oh, know, yeah, a little bit of smoke. No, you see the wall of fire, like literally advancing. And, and you
0: have like balls of lava, like like molten blobs exploding <laughs> next to people. Like, everybody's dead. I, there's, you can't, come on. It just, At <laughs> And, and the
1: worst part is, even if I am able, that I will not, to accept <laughs> that Caladriel using his, you know, bullshitting skills survive. But you know that every name character in that village is gonna be alive.
0: Well, yeah, of course, everyone's alive.
1: <laughs> so like, uh, like, they're gonna have the
0: dust, and they're gonna like, oh, that yes. was awful. L- like
1: a Theo that was like a useless kid. He's gonna be alive.
0: Oh yeah, Theo's gonna be like running off with his. Like a, the
1: queen is be alive. Like a the half of all
0: Browning's the remains is going to be alive so. Rondir is alive everybody's alive yeah like
1: the woman with a hole in, in the in, in, <laughs> in the shoulder remember that one that is going to be alive <laughs> they're
0: going to push like some wooden boards off of themselves and just yeah go, yeah. they're going to go oh we survive. yeah they're going
1: to tuck and cover <laughs> it's like it's so bad <laughs> tuck and
0: cover
1: they're going to just put themselves under the table and it's fine
0: fine <laughs> yeah Ah. Uh, we didn't even get to them, like, fucking with canon. You know, every time Adar says anything, I'm just kind of thinking at the back of my head, well, maybe the ri- he's lying, and the writers are actually trying to be a little clever, and we'll find out later how full of shit this character is. But he said he killed Sauron. So, it's like... Are they skipping the whole he lost his physical form in the fall of Numenor? And they're saying that this guy killed him and that's why he's going to be, like, a shapeless entity? Is that what they're saying? Because that annoys me. It annoys me a lot.
1: That is... If they go for that path, it's pretty... (sighs) It's stretching a lot.
0: I mean... (laughs) So, again, like you know, pretty much what we predicted. Adar, yeah, he was an elf, corrupted into an orc or an Uruk, whatever. Like, literally helped create these other, or maybe, possibly, literally their father. (laughs) But...
1: (laughs) but,
0: (laughs) But, yeah, maybe. But he's clearly, like, in charge of these orcs or whatever. And we're saying that this guy was powerful enough to kill Sauron, who... Is well not a god, he, essentially an angel. Yeah, he's um, some. So maybe not impossible for an elf to kill, but I have a hard time believing that an Uruk could kill him. <laughs> a corrupted elf could do it. I don't think so.
1: And and I think if if he's true, if he kill and he just oh I just want to freedom my childrens, why all of the
0: more of Doom is it's far. Yeah, all orcs matter, by the way.
1: <laughs> yes. N- yeah, there.
0: why Why does fucking Adar need Mount Doom? He doesn't need a Mount Doom.
1: Well, m- maybe yes, because they want to cover the area with smoke. Remember, they want to... Like, <laughs> they
0: need to block out the sun! <laughs> maybe. I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. I guess.
1: I mean... It is going... Hmm, like, uh, I now, would say... Uh, Let's see where it is held, but they can... It's splitting a lot from from the books.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But also, like, to go with this whole plan, so they knew that they needed this key to activate Mount Doom. And they knew where the lock was. And we can assume that Before, they infiltrated the tower and captured all the elves there. So why didn't they keep the tower so that they would have access to the lock? Even though they didn't have the key yet, wouldn't you keep a regiment of orcs at the tower?
1: Yeah, you know, you don't need to keep all of them, you just have a patrol. But they
0: just immediately abandoned it and so the humans could move in. It just seems like such a tactical error. Especially because, well... And also, was this fucking tower just designed to be broken? Because literally, (laughs) a rondier breaks a tiny rope, and the entire thing collapses.
1: Uh, The only thing I can think is, it is very old, and they make a kind of like a... A structure to, like, a repair... You know, to to keep it...
0: I suppose, but that seems like a real lazy... Yeah, it <laughs> is. I mean, these are elves. They have nothing better to do. They can make... They can reinforce a wall with something... But properly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not something
0: that will completely collapse if one of the ropes break. Like, where's your redundancies? Yeah, I mean,
1: that can break for many reasons. And a storm, and whatever. The rope gets old. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's... it's uh,
0: <clears throat> Especially
1: when you very easy can just make a, a scene where you see that, like, destroy a, a, the the tower.
0: Yeah, L- we could see them, like, weakening the tower, like, taking stones out of yeah. some strategic parts, and then there's, I don't know, something, like a log that would knock out the final exact- stone to bring the whole thing
1: down. The same that they do with the, with the door... They have a stone in a high place. They just like rolling over and bling. that yeah. that is better than it right. is.
0: That was like very DUI or DIY. No D- 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 DIY. DIY.
1: D-I-Y. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so for example, the, how they close the door? I like it. Yeah, that yeah. That was cool. That was like a cheesy, of course, I but mean, I I buy it. The
0: whole idea of let's destroy the tower and collapse on it, like. That, like, that's what I mean when I say it's almost clever. Like, that is a good idea. But the execution just felt a little strange because I don't understand why they would have such a flimsy fucking tower. (laughs) Because it just seems like a really bad idea the rest of the time that you're stationed there. So it's like, I don't know, the, the production designer or somebody, like, they get so focused on trying to make a spectacle, something that looks cool. And they're like, oh, what if this like rope breaks and then all the 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 ribs holding the tower like blow no, off but- and, and one of them becomes this giant spear and it stabs an <laughs> orc and they're just so focused on the visual that they forget to actually take a step back and be like, wait this makes sense. <laughs> why why do they have this tower that's held together by a flimsy rope? Like <laughs> Ah, it, is. <laughs> it just feels like a little bit of a disconnect That's happening And that's a little frustrating for me Because <laughs> a lot of this stuff is good And, yeah. I, and I just feel like it's just not landing
1: I mean, as, as we say I think it was a solid improvement for the last one
0: Definitely a much better episode yeah. Than the last one And pro- uh, this is the kind of episode where I feel like definitely I I will enjoy it on a rewatch. But there's definitely a lot of cracks yeah. <laughs> appearing <laughs> in this show. And quite honestly, most of it's coming down to the writers' decisions. I, I I feel like when you're on a really big show like this and you have a room full of writers and then another room full of directors and another room full of producers and you have so many voices and so many hands working together that I think it's a little easy for something to come out to feeling less cohesive. Yeah,
1: it, it, it is one like, do you're making like a, like a war from the university and each each person make a part, and then you just, like, a put, like, a stamp all together.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> it's even worse than that, because it's like one person makes a part, and then another person sees that and they think, oh, but wouldn't it be cool if we changed this? And then meanwhile, another person's writing another part and they they didn't read this first part or they didn't read the change to that first part and the people who are making the costumes and the armor, they're not talking to any of the writers and the people making the sets like, they're definitely not talking to the writers because otherwise (laughs) they would have made a training grounds for that whole fucking fight montage. Like, I just don't really understand the the process to make this sh- particular show, but it feels very disjointed to me. Yeah,
1: I I, I think you're right. I think it's like a it, it's it's just too big. Too big for its yeah. own good.
0: And it just feels like there's so many little things where they could just double check with someone. Like, we got three ships. <laughs> possibly with Two decks. It, it, it looked like they actually might have had another deck in this okay, episode. I, we're we, gonna... we, that 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 boat would have to be real. That sorry, that ship would have to be real deep. But that's another matter. Mm-hmm.
1: But, but in that case, we navigating s- in in the rivers, it's not. Really a
0: yeah, it would de- you would definitely not be able to navigate it up a river in that case <laughs> if there was a second deck. No fucking way. Uh, okay, but never mind. The point is, there's about. 10 stables in that cargo hold and we know that they have 500 horses and yet they only have room for 30 on their ships okay next problem I mean the timeline who even fucking knows the the distance and time that it would have taken for them to get there I mean everything that's happening in the Southlands it's it's like over the course of 3 days from, like, episode one until here, about, like, three or four days have actually passed. Meanwhile, in Eregion, at least two months have gone by oh, yeah. with all the traveling, probably <laughs> three or four, and then definitely a few weeks with this whole... Like, none of the timeline is meshing together, but, okay, that's not even the problem. Despite the fact that the Numenorians were, like, rushing as though there was somewhere that they desperately needed to be. Oh yeah, be. They're, they're
1: killing our horses. Yeah, like you,
0: <laughs> you don't charge horses like that unless you're literally in a battle charge. They were just riding across the field. Okay, but here's the real kicker. Where were they going? They They had the plan to go to the tower. Like that part, they were like, okay, probably people will be going to this tower because it's an elven outpost but they ride right past it and go to the village as though they knew that they needed to be at that village at that time. It it just felt really bizarre to me. The whole thing. Like, you know, it would have made sense if they had sent a messenger (laughs) and the messenger had seen the Numenorean ships and led them that way. Like, I would have bought that, but they never sent a messenger.
1: I mean, let's say they go, like, uh, traveling to the tower, and they see smoke. And they just go to the smoke, thinking that it's going to be the battle there.
0: I I mean, but that tower is, like, way up high, so... And, and we, also, like, they... We don't know which angle they're coming from. I uh, mean, none of the... Oh, my God. And then, fucking later, when Galadriel is chasing after Adar... And then somehow Hullbrand is in front of them.
1: Yeah. I think How? It's... How did he? He's the king. He knows the secret. The secret
0: <laughs> rose. Has he ever even been <laughs> in this area before? Like, it's just remarkable. I, 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 is anyone working on this show talking to anyone else? <laughs> There's just no. I, I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills?
1: <laughs> no it is it, it is a little bit like a, a lot of scenes there like a, mm. Yeah. It, it's what I say. you need to focus in the in the action, I guess. yes and, 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 uh, and try to enjoy it.
0: Yeah <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Despite my my best efforts, somehow this has just turned into me screaming at the microphone again. <laughs> I I could probably keep screaming if you want me to, but I'm not sure if I have anything else to add. Nah, we, we
1: just have some screaming for the next episode.
0: Yeah, I'll probably be in a much better mood in the next. It's. It's a good point of to the topic then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: gonna be back. Tomorrow lot of information about Okay. Well, if that is what you find pleasure in, I pity you. It will be a pleasure of memory only, I fear. Go at once and never return. We were the first, and we will be the last. From Morgan James Fiction comes the exciting new historical fantasy Orope, the White Snake by Guinevere Lee. The whispers of the gods have seen the vision, the gods destroying the world in a flood because the old ways have been corrupted and forgotten. Three are chosen, Tersh, Kareth, and Shadi, to go out and warn the world. The gods must be appeased. In Orope, the White Snake, Tersh must leave her children and travel to Matawe, the kingdom in the mountains. She also must care for Kareth and keep him out of trouble. Kareth, told since birth that he is destined for greatness, has been expecting this moment. Certain that he is ready, he quickly discovers that his confidence and curiosity have a tendency to lead him into dangerous situations. Shadi finds himself traveling alone to find the people of the jungle, the Petzahalpa. The jungle seems like a paradise until he discovers the darker rituals practiced within. Samaki is a merchant who returns to Mahat to find his home destroyed, his father dead, and no one to buy his expensive cargo. With his first mate Tughark, the merchant struggles to move forward after his entire world has been upended. The stories of these four travelers intersect and entwine with each other as they move towards their destinations. Guided by visions, the whisperers must use their wits to survive in these strange new lands that would rather use them as political pawns than listen to their warnings. Available in paperback, digital, and audio wherever books are sold. To learn more, visit guineverelee.com, G-u-e-n-e-v-e-r-e-l-e-e.com. And thank you for listening. Music provided by BenSound.com. The Azure Fish is the thrilling sequel to Orope the White Snake. Orope introduced historical fiction fans to a unique fantasy world inspired by Bronze Age history and mythology. Pecari takes them further, going to new kingdoms and introducing new characters. The gods are still angry, but the whispers of the gods are closer than ever to saving the world from a terrible flood. Kareth is still working for the powerful Imota. Kareth hopes Imota will help him deliver his message to the ruler of Mahat. But everything changes when the sorcerer Dedalion takes an interest in him. After the winter snows have melted, Tersh decides to head into the mountain kingdom of Matue to reach the city of Nesete. Lost in this strange land, she must rely on the help of Tuthalia, a soldier with an unknown past who plans to return home and start a family. Shadi's journey seems doomed by the death of their leader, but the hunter K-set promises to lead them through the jungle. There are sinister things in the jungle though, and their journey is beset by disease and attacks from wild animals. Samaki sails east, a last attempt to make a good trade that will save his livelihood. The middle sea has changed since Samaki last sailed though, and the waters are rife with the ruthless sea people. Continue this wonderful journey through the fantasy world of Picari, the Azure Fish, the sequel to Orope, the White Snake. Ebook, paperback, and audiobook out now. You can buy it on Amazon, Chapters Indigo, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, please go to the website guineverelee.com.